Romans, the 8th chapter. And you might go ahead and find 2 Corinthians 13 as well. Romans chapter 8, and 2 Corinthians 13. How many have not been with us in the previous sessions? Won't you lift up your hand? Let me see. Okay, we're glad you could be with us tonight. We began teaching a series, and so you understand that we're building upon what's already been taught. Uh, tapes are available if you'd like those, but we will review a little bit for your benefit. Can't do too much or else it would cut into what we should do tonight. And uh, how many, I'd ask you to, will be believing with me in these remaining sessions. We've just got, uh, unless the Lord says something else, we've got tonight and tomorrow night and Wednesday night. That's just two more, is that right? After tonight and, um, you know, three with tonight. But uh, i got a lot of things in my heart and some things I want to get to. But a tip for ministry You don't want to move to something else until you've done the first thing. You know, people are much better off getting solidly in them where they can practice two things instead of you giving them 12 things that they took good notes on. So uh, if you're really quick and sharp, I got any quick and sharp people in here? If you're quick and sharp and you get it strong and good, then we'll move on to other things. If you see me keep circling around the th- same thing again and again, then you, you know something that's going on there. You might punch your neighbor and say, hey, wake up. Focus on this and get this so we can move on to the next thing. But we began Sunday, uh, yesterday morning, talking about hearing from Him, hearing from God which I believe to be one of the absolutely the most important subjects you could talk about, I became convinced as a teenager that if I could hear from God, I had it made. And still after some years later, I'm still convinced of that, that if you hear from God, you got it made. And I have learned a few things about hearing from Him. And everything we have heard from Him and done, it worked wonderfully. We were blessed. We've been increased. All the progress that we've made, all the prosperity, all the blessing, all the fruit in the ministry, everything is attributable to hearing from God and doing what you heard from Him. How many are interested in hearing from God and you're interested in hearing better? Could you, do you suppose you could be sharper and you could be the communication of the Holy Spirit could be stronger to you, clearer to you? Absolutely. Without a fact, that's true. I don't care how long you've been walking with God. That's true concerning everybody. So you have your scripture in Romans 8. And let's pray before we read. Let's agree in prayer. Father, we thank you that you've already heard our prayers, that, that we've prayed about this and others have prayed about these services. Thank you for the utterance and, and good things you've already given us. And Lord, we, we look to you, our eyes are on you, depending on you, and we thank you for the message and the ministry, for the anointing, for the grace for now. Uh, Lord, let questions be answered and direction come. And solution to problems. Give everybody, I pray, eyes that see and ears that hear and a teachable, receptive heart. Let there be divine grace deposits and truth impartations. And we purpose not to be hearers only, but to be doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans 8 and verse 14. Let's read it again. Why don't you just read it out loud with me like we did before. Romans 8, 14. For 
as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Let's read that a couple of more times. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Another time. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Well, you understand when he says sons, he's talking about male and female. We who are born again and sons of God can expect to be and should be led. How? By what means? By the Spirit of God. I'm so glad that we're not left to all the haphazard methods that the world uses to get its direction. Have you seen how prolific these individuals offering psychic readings and and card readings and all these things have become? I mean, it's just a a flood of this stuff. And, And what is also sad is that many Christians are involved in this. And checking on this. And that really is insulting to the spirit of grace who lives within us. That we would turn to either just somebody after the flesh or somebody that's got a wrong spirit to ask them what we should do. How many understand we got no business asking the devil what we should do? Our unsaved people. Even if they are so-called professionals. If they don't know God. We ought not be looking to them for direction. And, you know, even if in natural matters, if you receive, uh, you know, people who are qualified and knowledgeable in their field, uh, a good doctor, a good lawyer, uh, a good advisor in some natural area, even if they are knowledgeable and, and qualified in their field, they don't know everything. They don't know the future. But the one who lives inside us does. So while you're listening to them, be listening to him. Amen. Amen. At the same time, to hear what he's saying to you about what they're saying. We should go directly to him. We should be led not by other people, no matter how wonderful they are. Not by just things of the natural, but by the spirit of God. The 16th verse, why don't you read that? The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, what is that saying? The the King James says itself, but a lot of your modern translation says himself. It's the Greek word autos. It's the word we get auto, like automatic, automatic transmission. It just means self. An automatic transmission is a self-shifting transmission. Well, this just simply means the Spirit, verse 15, verse 14, the Spirit that we're led by, the Spirit who is the Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Abba, Father, the Spirit Himself, the self-same Spirit. We're not led by an angel. We're not led by some human spirit. We're not led by a different spirit that was in Jesus' life and ministry, but it's the self-same. Same Holy Ghost. They're just one Holy Ghost. That same Spirit bears witness with what? With our Spirit. 
that we are the children of God. Now, in our previous sessions, we talked about that the first and most foundational way that God speaks to us is through the written word. We took the time, we went to the scriptures, we talked about that we have, you know, they, they saw Jesus, they heard a voice from heaven on the Mount of Transfiguration, but Peter said we have a more sure word, a prophecy, and he went on to talk about the scriptures. So more sure than any voice, more sure than any vision or dream, more sure than any experience one might have is this book. And you examine everything in the light of this book. Not everything that's spiritual is God. You could have a genuinely spiritual experience and it not be God. It's possible, I'm saying. And what, what do you do? We examine everything in the light of the Word. Now, also, we're saying that the number one way then that God leads us after that foundational uh, truth of the written word is by this verse, by the witness in our spirit. Everybody say the word, the word. And, the and the witness. This is the foundation of hearing from God. Don't let anything take preeminence over this. Don't esteem me. You know, if somebody comes and says, I have a word from the Lord for you and they prophesy to you. Well, that, that could be all right. You just have to check it out. But what do you check it by? The Word and the witness. I mean, uh, somebody that is called and may be a prophet or a prophetess. They say they call you up or come to see you or call you out of a crowd and say, I had a vision. I saw you and I saw this and I saw you doing that. That might be all right. But what do you judge it by? You judge it. By the word and by the witness. If something they say doesn't agree with some something in here, then you can't accept it. If something they say doesn't set well and doesn't agree with the witness that you have in your own heart, then you don't accept it. Now what we've got to realize is that people are just like you. Ministers, their, their biggest weakness is that they're like you. <laughs> Did you know that? They're human. They can make a mistake. Whether it's you or me or whoever it is, you, you know, somebody could get up and start prophesying and, and the first part of it be in the spirit and the last half of it be in the flesh. That's why these things should be judged. And anybody that's stepping out and endeavoring to yield to the spirit shouldn't be indignant or upset because somebody judges what they said or if they don't accept what they said. Because we being human, somebody say, well, it's the Holy Ghost. Well, the Holy Ghost, he doesn't miss it. But he's manifesting through imperfect vessels. And people can miss it. And people can mix in their own thinking with what the Holy Ghost is saying. Or they can put their own interpretation on what the Holy Ghost is saying. And that's why we're not just left. You know, that's why First John talks about you, you don't have need that any man teach you, but that anointing teaches you. That doesn't mean we don't need ministry gifts. It just means we're not totally dependent on somebody to tell us and explain to us what God is saying. All of us have the Holy Ghost. And we all got the book. Amen. And so we can judge it. And we, you're supposed to judge it. You're not supposed to just open your mouth and swallow everything. Amen. I know, you know, nobody you know is right about everything. 
The great apostle Paul said, we know in part. Well, then that means there's parts you don't know. And if the great apostle Paul just knew in part, then most everybody else just knows part of the part. <laughs> means there's a lot of parts we don't know. But we walk in the light of what we do know. And as you do, more will be given. Notice how does the Spirit of God lead us? He bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, like we said previously, this word means a, a witnessing with, a co-co dash witness, co-witness, a witnessing with. Now, it'll help you tremendously if you get this picture in your mind. And that is that you are not just a body and a mind. You're a spirit being. You, you understand that should the Lord tarry His coming and you live out your life and, and die, that what happens at death for the saved person is that you leave your body, much like pulling a hand out of a glove. Like getting out of your car, getting out of your house. You don't stop being. You don't turn into an angel. That'd be a demotion. That's right. You don't turn into some people say, will we know one another in heaven? Well, do you know one another down here? Because who's going to be there? It's going to be you and them if they're saved. Sure you will. Sure. We, we don't, you don't change into somebody else. Remember Paul talking about in 2 Corinthians that he had talking about an experience in Christ called up to heaven. And he said, whether in the body or out of the body, I couldn't tell. That's interesting, isn't it? When you slip out of this body, you'll have to look around to realize I'm out of the body. He said, whether in or out, it's, it's very, very similar to being in. Why? Because you, you're the, you're you. The same you. But you're not just a body and you're not just a mind. You have a body and you have a mind. But since we've been born again, somebody else moved in here with us. Hallelujah. You're not alone. Even when nobody's in the house, you're not alone. Even when you're in a seemingly lonely, desolate place, you're never alone. Never. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So we can say boldly, the Lord is my helper. I won't be afraid. What can anybody do to me? It'll deliver you from fear when you realize who's with you. Who's with you all the time. But now, the way he leads us is by this witness. And when you realize that there's somebody in you besides you, there's somebody in this body besides your spirit, besides you, there's another spirit. The Holy Spirit. Let's see. Brother, come here and help me out. Here's, you know, go ahead and face the crowd. Here's somebody besides me standing up here. There's two of us. Now, if we walked around like this all the time, we would be aware of each other. Wouldn't we? 
I mean, if we, I mean, if we got in the same suit, if we got in the same coat, how much more when the Holy Ghost is inside you? But if he was thinking, he said, you know, I'm thinking about taking a job over here at such and such place. And he kept thinking about it. Well, I'm here too, and I'm hearing all this. And I can just sit here and say, say nothing. I can just stand here. He can talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. You know, I just think I ought to do that. I think I ought to take that job. I think that's a good opportunity. I think I ought to take that job. But if I also spoke up and said, yeah, I think you ought to take it too. That's two. That's a co-witness. He has the witness, and then I spoke up and give a second witness. Do you see that? Thank you. You can have a witness in your own heart about something, but then there is also the witness of the Holy Ghost that he'll manifest himself. And it, don't look for something spectacular now, but it's just a knowing, it's a sense, but it's not you. It's something besides you, something beyond you. It is the Holy Ghost witnessing with your spirit. This is worthy of meditation. This is this will help you to think on this. If you've gone very far in walking with the Lord, you've experienced this. Can anybody testify that you've had a witness of the Holy Ghost about something? All you have to do is think about a, a message. You come to church and you hear something. And you might you might just be kind of rocking along with the message. And then you hear something and there's something inside you that kind of stands up and goes, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what is that? See, don't, don't be thinking about voices. Technically speaking, the witness is not a voice. Don't be looking for voices. The Bible said, you know, in 1 Corinthians, there are many voices in the world. None of them without signification. They're all saying something, but not all of them is God. Watch about being led by voices. What's the foundation of God speaking to us? The Word and the witness. But you'll have that, that something else. I mean, it, it'll, you know, something will seem pretty good in your heart. And then there's something else in there too. A sense. A knowing. Amen. An awareness. There's somebody else in you. Besides your own heart, there's somebody else. There's the mighty Holy Ghost. And there are a lot of times you can talk about something and pray about something and you just got nothing. Well, I don't know about you, but that I, I need a witness. I want a witness before I step out into something. And sometimes when the Lord won't talk to you about something, that should be enough said. <laughs> Leave it alone. Huh? Because I want you to know He will let you do what you want to do. And that doesn't mean it's His perfect will for you. Do you understand that Israel pushed him about a king? We want a king. We want a king. And the pro and he told the prophet, and the prophet told them, No, no, that's not God's perfect and best plan for your life. The Lord's your king. He's given you prophets. He's given you leaders. But no, they said, We want a king. We want to be like the other nations. They got the king, rides up in a chariot with all the fine stuff, and he leads. We, we want him. Do you understand? They pushed and pushed and pushed until finally the Lord said, okay, all right, get you one. I'll help pick you out one. 
But this is going to cost you, and it's going to be like this, and you're not going to like this. But they said, yeah, but we want one. Will the Lord, if you push hard enough, will the Lord let you have stuff and do stuff that you want that's not his perfect will? Oh, yes. Anybody ever been there? I have. I have. I I pushed for stuff, and he wouldn't talk to me, and wouldn't talk to me, and wouldn't talk to me about it. And I just kept on, come on, Lord, come on, you know. You know, I think I really, really want this. I want this. And finally, if you keep on pushing, he'll, he'll, in so many words, you know, do what you want to do. And a lot of times later, I've come back sometimes three months, sometimes a few weeks, sometimes a year later, and fell on the floor and put my nose in the carpet and said, oh, God. Deliver me from this and have mercy on me. I don't want you to let me do stuff anymore. I want to know what you want me to do. I want to do what you say. So that's one of the advantages of waiting on the Lord. And you don't always get things the first ten minutes you wait on the Lord. We live in a gotta-have-it-right-now society, and that's a problem when it comes to spiritual things. Because you don't just roll up in front of the throne and say, come on, God, gotta have it right now. Give it to me, give it to me. Come on, come on, come on. I, I, got, I got things to do. I got, you know, phone ringing, fax machines going off. Come on, come on. That doesn't cut it with him. Psalmist said, be still and know that I'm God. Wait on the Lord. And you'll renew your strength. Now, in talking about the witness, won't you say that out loud again? The Spirit of God bears witness with my spirit. Why don't you go with me to Psalm 16? We'll do it this way. Psalm 16. Proverbs 20, 27, while you're turning there, it says it like this. It says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. We might say today the light bulb, the enlightener of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. 1 Corinthians 2, 11 says, for what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. We've got the Holy Spirit in our spirit. Now, my spirit is not omniscient. I don't know everything. My spirit doesn't know everything, nor does yours. But the one who does know everything is in us. And we can pick up things from him. I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit. Go to, uh, where's your place at now? Psalm 16? Hold that. Let's do it this way. Hold that and go back to Romans 8. And I know I should have told you before you left. But Romans 8 and Acts 10. You'll have three places. So you're really getting in the Word now. you got fingers on both sides. Romans 8, Acts 10. There is a connection between the mind and the spirit. Let me say this phrase. This might stick with you. Your heart's not in what your mind's not on. 
If your mind's not on it, your heart's not in it. I don't care what you're talking about. But it's certainly true concerning spiritual things. In Romans, the 8th chapter, we read the 14th, 15th, and 16th verses. But back up a few verses to the 5th verse. Romans 8, 5 says, For they that are after the flesh, they do what? Mind, or in other words, they keep their mind on the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, in other words, they mind or keep their mind on the things of the Spirit. Does it make any difference what you keep your mind on? That's pretty weak. How much difference does it make? Read the very next verse. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Does it make any difference what you set your mind on and keep your mind? According to this, it's life or death. Is that true? This is scripture. And you know, you don't, you don't have to have a lot of revelation about what people have been thinking on. Just look at them. Do they look weak? Do they look like death's working in them? Are they anxious? Are they worried? Are they fearful? Then they've been thinking on things of the flesh. Because if you've been, if you've been minding the things of the Spirit, what will it be to you? What will it minister to you? Life and peace. You'll have a sparkle in your eye. You'll have a look of rest on your face. Hallelujah. You'll have peace, a tone of peace in your voice. What did Isaiah say, 26-3? Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. So there's no such thing as somebody that's been keeping their mind in the right place and they're all distressed and all worried and scared. No, you've been thinking on the wrong thing. And there's a contact. Whatever you put your mind on, you open your spirit up to. Your mind is the doorway to your spirit. That's the way things get into your spirit. It's through the door of your mind. That's why to be carnally minded, to keep your mind on things that's not good and just fleshly, then that opens you up to death being ministered to you. But to keep your mind on things that are good and of God, that's going to open up for the Holy Ghost to minister life to you and peace to you. Now, God's going to communicate with us by His Holy Spirit through our own spirit. This, this witness of the Spirit, it's not a witness of the mind. It's not a witness of the body. It's a spiritual witness. If I was going to call you, the way we use the word call today, what do you assume I'm going to call you on? The phone, right? Well, I know there's cell phones everywhere now, but let's say it was a landline, and I'm calling you in your house. And, and I told you, I'm going to call you, so be expecting my call. Well, then should you go and stay real close to the refrigerator? <laughs> huh? And let's say your phone was in the other end of the house and it was a long ways away and turned down low. And you say, well, you didn't call me. 
And I said, yeah, I did. I tried to call you. I tried to call you all day. Well, I didn't pick it up. I didn't get it. Well, where were you at? I was hugging that refrigerator. I was, yeah, but I'm not going to call you through the refrigerator. You're not going to hear me through the refrigerator. God doesn't communicate with us. He doesn't bear witness with our mind or our body. How's he going to communicate with us? Through our own spirit. And so can you see one reason why so many people have been so dull and have heard so little from God? Because they're not even aware that they are a spirit. And they're, they're aware of their body. And they're aware of their mind. And the phone's ringing and ringing, but they're hugging the refrigerator. <laughs> or a chair or whatever it is. But God's going to communicate with us through our own spirit. And so, if you want to be aware of the Holy Spirit, you need to be aware of the medium through which He communicates with you, your own spirit. The more aware you are of your own spirit, the more sensitive to and aware you're going to be of the Holy Ghost talking to you, communicating with you. That witness. Look at this in Acts. Do you have your place there? Acts 10. Now, I need to cover a little ground tonight. Is that okay? Can you stay with me for a bit? It'll put us in a good position for, for later if we, if we can do this. Acts 10. This is the story of Peter, how that he had a spectacular experience. He fell in a trance. And he had this experience, and he saw these sheets let down, and he saw these unclean animals and the Lord said rise Peter slay and eat and he said no no nothing common or unclean's entered my mouth any time and he said Peter don't call common what I've cleansed and the Bible says in verse 19 after this this experience was over verse 19 while Peter what thought on the vision the spirit said to him and he told him what to do did you get that principle while he thought on that specific thing, the Holy Ghost spoke to him about that thing. There's a mind and a spirit connection. Now, God doesn't communicate to you through your mind per se, but when you put your mind on a thing, then you got your spirit open to that area. Let's say you need to hear direction about your finances. Well, then it would behoove you to get somewhere and get quiet and pray about it and get your mind on that. And not worrying about it, but asking the Lord, what do I do about this? And put your mind on that and your mind on getting direction from Him. And that will open up the door for His Spirit to speak to your spirit. And then something can come up from your spirit to illuminate your mind. That's how direction can come. Now, you still got your place in, in the Psalms there? Go on over. Psalm 16. Now, we mentioned this, that Brother Hagin said the Lord spoke to him some years ago, that so many of the Lord's people are seeking after the spectacular and missing the supernatural. 
And, I, you know, I, I did this. I, I, t- I gave, you know, my testimony about how when I was beginning to get serious about serving the Lord, I, 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 had, I knew I, I needed to make a change. I knew something needed to happen in my life, but I didn't know what it was. And so I clamored and prayed and, Lord, talk to me, speak to me. But me being natural, I'm wanting to see something. I'm wanting to feel something. I'm wanting to hear something with my ears. But again, that's hugging the refrigerator. Right? Because God, the Lord didn't say that He's going to bear, the Holy Ghost is going to bear witness with my mind. Didn't say He's going to bear witness with my body. What part of my being does He bear witness with and communicate with? My spirit. So I got to get aware of my spirit. And I, I know, uh, I, I struggled getting filled with the, the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. I struggled with that. I grew up in a church where you were taught to tarry. And we weren't taught so much how to receive, we were just taught to tarry. But but one of the problems that I had is I was making it too spectacular. I was assuming that the Holy Ghost is just going to kind of come take me over and just kind of speak through me like through a speaker and that I'd really have little or nothing to do with it. And it was and I, and I was over spectacularizing the manifestation of the Spirit. And I finally came to realize I've got to yield. I've got to to respond to the promptings of the Holy Ghost. It's going to be my lips, my tongue, my vocal cords, my effort to speak. Uh, The utterance is just not going to be coming from my head. And so that's happened with, with all of the gifts and manifestations of the Holy Ghost. People try to make them too spectacular. I talked to you last night about the lady and about just getting the, the, the word light bulbs and, and about some of those things. If you weren't here, ask somebody about it. But uh, just some simple things from the Holy Ghost that can you could pass off as a, just a thought of your own mind. Because the Holy Ghost is in you 24 hours a day. It's not something strange. He's very familiar. He's there all the time. It's not going to be a shock to your system when you get something from him. He's already there. Now look at this. In Psalm 16, there's a, there's a term I want you to, uh, to incorporate into your thinking and keep it there. Psalm 16 and verse 7 says, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. Psalm 16, 7. My reins, R-E-I-N-S, King James says, my reins also instruct me in the night seasons. Everybody say reins. Now reins has the, the idea of, of what you might think of reins. Like reins on a horse. But also, specifically, it means insides. Insides. Your insides instruct you. But there's a, there's a beautiful picture here. The Lord wants us to be rain trained. Do I have any horse people in here? Do you know what that means? Hmm? Four or five? Well, we'll have to explain it for the rest of you then maybe. Horses, you understand. You have bridles, bits, reins. The reins are, are the long, you know, leather straps that you have one in each hand. Then you, a lot of times you've got a metal apparatus as a bit that goes in the horse's mouth or a harness. You don't have to always have a bit 
in a horse's mouth. If they're trained well and will respond properly, you can steer them with the reins. It's kind of like power steering on a horse. Go to another psalm. This will help you. Keep that in mind. Psalm 32. Psalm 32. And 8. Psalm 32, 8 says, the Lord is speaking. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you shall go. I will guide you. With mine eye. How many understand you can take that personally from the Lord to you? This is God, you know, this number one way God talks to us is through His Word. Did the Lord tell you He would guide you? Did He tell you He would instruct you? Then we can count on that. We put our faith on that. Said out loud, He is instructing me. He is teaching me. He is guiding me. Now look at the very next verse. Verse 9. Be ye not as the horse... Or as the mule, which hath no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near to you. Another translation says, or else they won't come to you. They won't do what you want them to do without the force of the bit. You ever heard people say, well, I tell you what now. Before I do that, the Lord's going to have to appear to me in a burning bush. (laughs) The Lord said, don't be like that. I tell you what, Lord, you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to show me. I'm going to have to have a vision and four prophecies and, you know. And, you know, there's something that that Saul said before he got saved, before he became the apostle Paul. You know, he was persecuting the church. You remember that? I mean, he was locking up people and being a witness at stonings. I mean, he was number one enemy of the church. And yet when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus and that light shined round about him, you know what the Lord said to him? Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou my church? Not me. You know, he takes it personally, whatever you do to fellow Christians. Good or bad, he takes it personally. And he said, it is hard for you to kick against the pricks. Remember that? Well, see, that's a livestock term. They, they used to have sticks, and some of them even pointed, and they, they would kind of poke and prod the cow or the mule or the horse to get them to move, and an, an ordinary cow will kick against it. And he said, Paul, that's what you're doing. I've been dealing with you. I've been trying to show you some things here, and you're kicking against it. I wonder if anybody else has ever kicked against the leading of the Lord. I wonder if anybody else was mulish. And you'd have to have a, a, a bit and a bridle. You got, they got to have a pull. on. The, I mean, some horses, you can see they get so wild. I mean, it doesn't make any difference if that bit is tearing their mouth. They still, they want their own head. And I mean, the horses will run away. I mean, you can be jerking and pulling. I mean, you can be hurting them. And they don't care. They're going to have their way. That's rebellion. And the psalmist said, the Lord said, don't be like that. Don't be like a horse uh, or a mule 
mule-headed, that you got to have your own head, and you got to go the way of your head, and you got to go your own way. Don't be like that. But what? Let, let the reins instruct you. In the night season. What does that mean? You, you see a horse that's really well-trained, rain-trained, you don't have to put a big piece of metal in their mouth. You just put a little halter around, around their head and some reins, and you can just be riding along, and you want to go right. And you just, you just lay those reins up against that horse's neck. That horse is big, skin is thick. That little old rein is probably almost imperceptible to them. They can sense it, but it'd have to be light. And you just lay that rein over on their neck, and they'll just lean their head over there and steer right. You want to turn left, you just put those, lay those reins up against their neck, and they'll just go the other way. Just a little bit slight tug, oh, they'll stop. Why? They're submissive to you. They're yielded to you. They're rain trained. We want to school ourselves and develop ourselves to where that the Lord doesn't have to yell at us or, or speak loud to us or we don't have to have five people come by to give us a word before we start paying attention. Let, let me read this before I tell you this story. In Psalm 4, while you're in the Psalms, we'll just cover these. Back up to Psalm 4. Everybody say, rain trained. Say it out loud, I'm not hard-headed. I'm not mulish. <laughs> Psalm 4. Psalm 4 and verse 4. Verse 3 and 4 we'll read. Psalm 4, verse 3. But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. We're talking about how to hear from God. Don't, don't. Don't run so fast and be so loud and have so much going that five people have to grab you and sit you down. They say, now wait a minute, wait a minute, calm down. Of your own volition, admit when you don't have the peace that you ought to have. Admit when you've been running too much and you've been too loud and get off by yourself. Lay across your bed. Get quiet. Turn off the TV. Turn off the radio. Might need to unplug the phone. Get quiet. You don't have to lay there and yell and scream in tongues either. You don't have to lay there and play Bible tapes. You don't have to lay there and, and, and quote scriptures. Just get quiet. Be still. And, not, and not, you're not focusing on your mind. You're not focusing on your body. You're focusing on the inside, on your reins, your insides, and your your making yourself aware of whatever leanings you might sense. If you sense the rain one way or the other, you're ready to yield to it. You don't require an audible voice. You don't require an earthquake or being shaken. Remember the prophet went out, Elijah, you know, and he said there was a, a, a mighty fire, but the Lord wasn't in that. And there was, a, there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in that. There was a strong, mighty wind, and the Lord wasn't in that. You know, there's a lot of loud, boisterous, noisy stuff that the Lord's not in. But he just kept waiting, and the Bible said there was a still, small 
voice. And that was him. We're talking about hearing from him. He said, commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Flip over to the 77th Psalm. I'll just give you some of these verses. These are good to remind yourself of when you're waiting on the Lord. Psalm 77. Psalm 77 and verse 6. Psalm 77, 6 says, I call to remembrance my song in the night. How many know you don't have to wait till you get to church to sing a song? You don't have to have a lot of help. You can just sing in your car, laying across your bed. You can sing a song to the Lord softly. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I do what? I commune with mine own heart. Because, see, that's where the Holy Ghost is. That's, that's where He's going to bear witness with me. I commune with my own heart and my spirit. Made diligent search. He calls it putting up his spiritual antenna. You can just lay across the bed and get quiet wherever, sit in your chair and, and, and relax, and just search your heart. Lord, what, what are you saying to us about this? Which way you want us to go on this? And get quiet and search. And there might be something that seems good in you, but then when it's the Lord, there'll be that something else, that additional quickening, that additional witness. And when you got a witness, you know you got a witness. In thinking about these things again, don't over don't don't overemphasize the spectacular. It can be so so natural seeming that if you're not careful, you'll override it. Think about these people that have done great and mighty things that's recorded in the Word of God. How did they hear from God to do that? Let's say these writers of the, the New Testament books. How did they know that they were to write these letters and epistles? You, you might think, well, God spoke to them. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he did. But how? Go to the first chapter of Luke. We have a record of how Luke heard from God to write Luke. And it may surprise you. Luke. Chapter 1. Luke 1. Verse 1. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you in order, most excellent Theophilus, that you might know the certainty of those things wherein you've been instructed. And he starts the story. Why did he write this? Because it seemed good. You'd have to add to the Bible to say he had a dream or had a vision or heard an audible voice. He just did it because what? Because it seemed good to do. Have you ever asked yourself the question is, where's your seamer? 
Where is your seamer? Are we back to talking about the same thing? The witness of the Spirit? The, the, the spiritual sense that we get inside? Go to the book of Acts. I'll, I'll try to wind this up for you pretty quick. Go to the book of Acts. And the 15th chapter. Acts 15. Have you got a couple of minutes for me to finish this up? Okay. What I want to do is lay a good foundation of the Word. And then, if we can, unless the Lord says something differently, I want to jump into in our next sessions about developing sensitivity. Amen? Specific things you can do to get more sensitive to the Holy Ghost. But, but first of all, we got to, we got to get settled on this. Tell me how the, the, the major ways that God speaks to us. Tell me again. The Word and the witness. Well, now you understand the Word. I mean, you can open the Bible, start reading on any page, and if you do it in faith, God will be talking to you. You come to church and you, you hear your pastor's teaching or minister's teaching, and, and if it's the Bible, it's the Word of God, and you're listening in faith, God will be talking to you if you'll just have an ear to hear. But also, in addition to that, there is the witness of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit bearing witness with your spirit. This is something so important for us in daily life. Because how I many know there's a lot of things that decisions that come up in life, you can't find chapter and verse for it. There's not the specific. I mean, uh, when Phyllis and I were, were praying about coming to Ramah, there was no verse that said, Keith and Phyllis Moore go to Ramah in such and such year. <laughs> or, or, you know, marry this person or enter this field of business or, or choose this for your major in, in school. I mean, how are you going to find that out? You get principles in the Word, the specifics you must ascertain in your own spirit. That's where the witness comes in. So, I mean, this is vital. So, do you understand what the witness is? Don't try to feel things. Don't try to hear voices. It seemed good. Did you get that? It's a spiritual sense. It's an awareness, like the horse that's rain-trained. He just senses those uh, reins up against his neck, and it just seems like he ought to turn that way. So he does. No big fanfare, no great amounts of force, just a responsiveness to a small input. Now in Acts 15, are you there yet? Acts 15 and verse 22 they were having a big meeting of the church. And the elders of the church and the apostles and the pastors of the church were meeting to decide about some very important issues that affected the whole church. And in verse 22 it says, Then pleased it the apostles and elders and the whole church to send chosen men, Paul and Barnabas, and, and to these individuals with a letter. Now instead of saying pleased it, the ASV says it seemed good. For him to do this. Down in verse 25. What does it say? It seemed good to us. Being assembled with one accord to send these men to you. Verse 28. What does it say? For it seemed good. To the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and. Do you see it? Do you see it? The co-witness. 
Did you get it? I know several people did. The other folk are kind of half asleep. Now, now, friend, this is serious stuff. These are things, they're talking about whether Christians, people that are saved by grace, have to keep the law and things that they have to do. This is serious business that affects the whole church. Grace or works, salvation or not. How did they make these huge decisions to tell all the churches what to do? You'd have to add to the Bible to say any of them had a, uh, you know, heard an audible voice in this meeting or had an open vision about this thing. At the time they're making these decisions, what was the conclusion? They talked about it. They looked at it. They've all got the Holy Ghost. And their conclusion was, this seems good. This seems good. It seems good to us, but hallelujah, it seemed good to the Holy Ghost. So we've got the, we've got our own spirit saying yes, but we got the Holy Ghost spoke up and said yes too. Not hearing voices, just it seemed good. Wonder, would we be more led if every day we were checking our seamer? Monitoring our seamer, and we'd start to do this and stop and check and say, mm, I just don't, that just doesn't seem right. Well, then you know enough. I said, you know enough. Leave it alone until you get further direction. You're, do I go this way or do I go that way? Do I take the medicine or not take the medicine? Do I have the procedure or not? Do I pull my money out of that or do I leave it in there? Don't try to get God to write it in the sky. Don't try to hear an audible voice. Don't, don't try to find 12 people and see what they think you ought to do. Get quiet somewhere. Amen? And then not just that, but as you go through your day, on, you know, as you wait, sitting in traffic in your car, you're, you're at home or on the job, check your heart. When I think about doing this, how does it seem? When I think about doing the other, how does it seem? And the more you look at it and the more you examine it, you'll begin to lean one way more than the other. And, and the more you think about it and pray about it, it just seems better and better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get a, the Holy Ghost to kick in and you got His witness too. Now you know what to do. You didn't hear a voice. You didn't see anything. But you were supernaturally, divinely led. Oh, Hallelujah. Now, now, let me show you in this in the same chapter. Verse 28, one more time. Read that out loud with me. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. And so they did what, what he said. Now, verse 32, Judas and Silas were prophets themselves, and they exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. And after they had tarried their space, they were let go in peace from the brethren to the apostles. Notwithstanding, it pleased Silas to abide there still. Anybody have anything else in a modern translation? What is it? Yeah. Others say it seemed good because it's the same phrase in the Greek. So in other words, it seemed good to Silas to stay there. Did you get what's going on now? They were sent there by the church because it seemed good to the elders to pick these men, Silas being one of them, and send them there with a letter. And the part of the letter said, it seems good to the Holy Ghost and us to tell you these things to do. Well, when they got through with their job, 
these other fellows, Judas and, and the other guys, they said, you know, we, we're ready. We're Go back home. We've done our job. And Silas said, you know, it just seems like I ought to hang around. Well, why, Silas? I don't know. It just, I'm just not done yet. I, I don't, I'm just not clear in here. Seems like I ought to stay. So he hung around. Well, without reading every word of the rest of the passage, Paul and Barnabas got to talk and they said, let's go and visit everywhere we've been. And Barnabas, the Greek literally says, was bent on taking John Mark. And they had a disagreement. You remember that? And uh, so finally, it was so sharp that they split up. And Barnabas took John Mark, which was a relative of his, I guess, and they took off. Well, Paul's left there. And guess who happened to just still be in town? I said, guess who happened to still be in town and just happened to be available to go on a missionary trip with the great apostle Paul? Verse 40, so Paul chose Silas. And they departed, being recommended by the brethren to the grace of God. And they went through confirming the churches. And the rest of the book follows who? Paul and Silas. Are you listening, friends? Now, are, are you getting this? Now, if Silas were here tonight and we could say, Silas, man of God, apostle. You travel with Paul. Y'all, y'all helped establish and confirm churches all over the known world. I mean, we, I read about you. How did you know you were supposed to be an apostle? How did you know you were supposed to go, go with Paul? I guess probably God probably caught you up to heaven and showed you some stuff, didn't he? You'd have to add to the scriptures to say that. You probably heard an audible voice, didn't you, Silas? To say, yea, thus saith the Lord, stay in town. Something big's coming up. There is a man of God. His name is Paul. He'll need somebody else. He's got a partner, but he don't know it. But in a few days, he won't have a partner. And he's going to need somebody to go with him. And I want you to be... No. I mean, you just have to make up stuff to put that. It's not in there. And you might say, well, something that important, the Lord wouldn't tell you what's going on. I'm telling you, that's the way he is. He requires faith. He won't tell you the details. He'll just give you a sense inside. If I was you, I'd hang around. <laughs> I mean, some of the greatest things that have happened in my life. I look back over and I think, man, I almost didn't go to that meeting. I almost didn't do that particular thing. And I'm thinking, Lord, that was so important. Why didn't you say anything more about it? He said, I knew you were going. Besides that, you must walk by faith. Tell me again, why did Silas hang around and just happen to be at the right place, at the right time, to hook up with the man of God, to do the will of God? Why? Why? What? It just seemed good to him to stay. Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. 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 It seemed good. Have you been paying attention to your seamer? Let's, let's get better about it. Let's begin to monitor this evening. 
How many times people would have been spared so many things that have been protected. There's a lot of junk going on in the world. But the Lord will protect us if we just listen. If we just follow. I'll go ahead and tell you this. I'll take a minute and tell you this. It won't hurt you to stand. A lady called me. This was back, oh, 15 years ago. I was working with Brother Hagin's ministry. We were on the phones. And a lady called in, in I don't know, she's just crying hysterically. And, and she wanted somebody to pray with her. And I was one of the ones that's helping work the phones for, for counseling and that kind of thing. And she wound up with me. And it took me a while to get her to just calm down enough where I could hear what she's saying and, and come to find out she had just been mugged. Some yahoo had hit her in the head and stole her purse and hit her a time or two. And, 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 and after talking with her, she wasn't seriously injured. She did have some things stolen from her. And so I'm, you know, I'm thinking about praying with her for the Lord to comfort her and strengthen her. And she said, well, that's not my main problem. She said, I'm a Christian. I've been walking with God for, she told me how long, decades. She was an older lady. And she said, uh, and I followed Brother Hagin's ministry for a lot of years. And, and, and almost every day, I quote the 91st Psalm over myself. She said, this kind of thing's not supposed to happen to me. And she began to cry hysterically again. Why did this happen to me? Well, of course, that was 15 years ago. I didn't know quite as much as I've learned since then, but I'll check in my own heart, Lord. I don't know. What do I tell this lady? So as the time went by, the Lord prompted me to ask her about this. I said, well, I said, now, wh- where did this happen? A certain place was a rough part of town. I said, but you needed to go there. She said, well, sort of. I said, well, did you, you feel okay about going? And when I say feel, I'm talking again about seeing, not a physical feeling, a sense. She said, well, I really, I really had a check about going. So here now we begin to get to it. So I asked her more about it. I said, well, that morning when you were making your plans, you, you say you, you had a check? Yeah. But I just, I just quoted the 91st Psalm. Friend, do you understand? You cannot quote scripture over the leading of the Lord. Did you get, can you see where people miss it so many times? It doesn't work. People say, well, I'm believing for the Lord to protect me. He's trying to. He's trying to. So many times if we just listen, we'll have a sense. Just stay right here for a little while. Just stay where you are. Delay your departure. Just stay. I told you the other night about how the Lord dealt with me. Don't land there at that airport. Just go to another one. I didn't, had no idea why, but I found out if I'd, have, if I'd have done that, I'd have got stuck. I'd have had a problem. So many times the Lord would just do with us. Don't go that way. Go this way. It's not a voice. It's not something spectacular, but it just seems like I ought not do that. It just seems like I ought to do this. I'm telling you, friend, if we'd follow this carefully, we'd be spared untold problems. We'd be protected and kept. The Lord's trying to do it. If we'd just follow our seamer. Close your eyes, said out loud. I'm growing. In the awareness. Of the Spirit of God. Bearing witness with me. Leading me. Guiding me. Through my own spirit. 
Lord, help me to realize when you're dealing with me, when you're checking me or directing me, I purpose not to ignore it. I purpose not to override it. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it. Thank you. Thank you. I will follow as you lead. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, just lift your hands a little bit. Just praise the Lord a little bit for directing you tonight and tomorrow. Just thank Him for ordering your steps and directing your ways and that He'll just cause you to know on your bed, in your chair, in your car, on the job. It'll just seem like you ought to do this. It'll just seem like you ought not do that. And you'll just have a knowing and it'll be the direction of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.